0: your hand together if you're excited for the presence of almighty God. Amen. That's what I want to preach on today. I want to preach on the presence of God. Would you stand to your feet for the reading of the word of God? Exodus chapter 33 verse 12. Moses said to the Lord, you have been telling me, lead these people, but you have not let me known whom you will send. You have said, I know you by name. You have found favor with me. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may know you. Paul said the same thing in the book of Philippians. I want to know him and the power of his resurrection. How many know there's a difference between knowing about someone and knowing someone? How many want to not, not just know about God, you want to know him intimately and deeply? I thought so, that's why you came to church today. So that I would know him, know him. Let's go to verse 14, the Lord replied, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I'm so grateful for the presence of God. That he's with us even right now. He's with us in the storm and the obstacles and the challenges, he's with us right now. He's with us. When the prodigals have left, he's with us in the middle of the adversity and the challenges of our life. He's with us when our husband or our wife walked out or had the affair. He's with us. Like right now in the presence of God, he's here. He's here. He's here. We welcome the presence of God in this place. And he says, I'll give you rest. Then Moses said, if your presence doesn't go with us, do not send us up from here. By the way, that's the prayer my wife and I prayed when we started the church 24 years ago. God, we do not want to do this unless your presence goes with us. Who would start a church with a four-year-old, a two-year-old, and a three-month-old? We didn't even own a minivan back then. Why would you start a church then? That's dumb. God, you better you better be in this. I, I think we heard your voice, but God, you better show up because if you don't show up, we don't want to do this. And that's what Moses said. God, if your presence doesn't go with us, we don't want to go. Verse 16, how will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? What else will distinguish Someone say distinguish. Man, your people from all the other people on the face of the earth. And the Lord said to Moses, I will do the very thing you have asked because I am pleased with you and I know you by name. Then Moses said, now show me your glory. And the Lord said, I will cause all the goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. I'll have compassion on those that I will have compassion on. But he said, you cannot see my face. I'm too holy. I'm too anointed I'm too good, for no one can see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me when you stand on the rock, when your glory passes by, I will put you in the cleft of the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you'll see my backside. You can't see my face. You can see my backside, you can see my history, but you can't see me face to face, but my face must not be seen. Lord, thank you for the people of God and the word of God and the presence of the Holy Spirit in this place. And God, those that went to conference this week, we just admit we're a little tired. We've been singing a lot and listening to a lot of sermons, but we need your presence here in this place for a fresh move of the Holy Spirit. God, we declare what the book of Acts says, that times of refreshing will come from the presence of the Lord. We need to be refreshed in your presence. We need to be renewed in your presence. We need to rest in your presence So Holy Spirit, show up in power, we pray, in your powerful name, and all of God's people said, hey, man, you may be seated there. I want you to write down these three things. Number one, I want to talk about the priority of God's presence, the priority of God's presence. Someone say the priority. By the way, I want to remind you that we don't just like our relationship with God isn't just coming to church on Sunday morning for 75 or 90 minutes, uh, writing down a couple notes, singing a couple songs, and then being on our way. It's not just enough to attend a service or pray a prayer or give an offering or or fast for a meal or two, but how many know that our very lives should be uh, filled with the presence of Almighty God, it needs to be a priority in our life. Can someone say Amen? But in order for the presence of God to be a priority, you have to be hungry. Hungry. The Bible says in Matthew chapter five that those that hunger and thirst for righteousness will be filled. Filled. Do you want to be? Do you want? Do you want to be filled with the presence of God? Then you gotta. You gotta. Like not be so filled up with other stuff like junk food and Instagram and social media and ESPN and say yes to the dress and HDTV and all that other stuff. Because then you're not going to have room for the presence of God and the spirit of God. It's like, like I said yesterday, when we go to a Mexican restaurant, I don't know about you, but you better, that waiter better be ready for like 28 baskets of chips. That's how the Abrahams roll at a Mexican restaurant. And you're, you better bring a lot of salsa, and we prefer hot salsa. And my son's going to ask for like five sides of ranch dressing. He doesn't just like salsa. He likes salsa and ranch. But, you, know, you ever gone to a Mexican restaurant or filled up at another restaurant on a bunch of appetizers and by the time the enchiladas and the menudo comes to the table, you've eaten so many chips, you have no room for your actual meal. And that's what happens in our lives. Sometimes we get filled up on so many other things and other people that we don't have any room for the presence of God. And I want to tell you that we need to make the presence of God in our church, in our individual lives, in our families, the highest priority. It's the most important thing. It's muy importante, the presence of God. And Moses said, God, I want to know your ways. We got to be careful. Because we're a church that is fired up about the word of God. That was so pathetic. I'm going to give you another run at it. New life needs to be really careful because we're a church that is fired up about the Word of God. (laughs) Mucho mejor. Way, way better. These little golf claps. No, we're fired up and we're, we're going to preach the word of God. And whether it's me or any other guest speaker up here, we're going to preach the word of God. We're going to declare the word of God. We're going to stand on the word of God. We don't bring a bunch of surfacy sermons. We, we dive into the book. We're fired up about the book. We, we, we preach it. We declare it. Whether you like it or not, we're going to declare the truth of the word of God. We're going to apply the word of God. We're going to do what Nike says. We're going to just do it. We're not just going to hear it. We're going to do it. We're fired up about it. But here's the caution that I have. I mean, it's easy that you can fall in love with the word of God, but not the God of the word. And my caution is that we don't get so Bible, so much Bible knowledge that we're like Bible fatheads that we know all the stories about Jonah and Moses and all these. How many know you can have a lot of facts about the Bible, but not know the author of the Bible. And so my caution to us as a congregation that's in love with the Word of God, that's fired up about the Word of God, is let's not worship the Word of God. Let me remind you, it's the Trinity is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. And again, we're fired up about the Bible, but it's the Holy Spirit that breathes life into the Word of God. So I don't worship the Bible. I worship the God of the Bible. So we gotta, we got a hunger and thirst for the presence of God. It's got to be our number one priority. It's not another thing. It is the thing. If God doesn't show up in our services, we've wasted our time. I've wasted my time. Notice what he says in verse 13. If you are pleased with me, teach me your ways so I may, underline that, so I may know you. I want to know God at a deeper level. He says, God, teach me your ways because I want to know you. How many have ever met my wife? But you don't know her like I know her. Because when you go to a restaurant, "This this is just my wife, pray for me. When she orders a salad, it's all about the dressing. I'm serious. She's like, "Can I get dressing on it, and then extra dressing on the side, and then just bring another cup?" Like it's like it's covered, it's buried, it's marinating. In. I'm like, for me, it's not about the dress; it's about the ingredients in this. No, 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 It's a, she loves sauce, any sauce. She gets an appetizer. She's like, I'll take the cilantro lime and I'll take the chipotle and I'll take the Thai chili. And she's got like 18 sauces and two pieces of chicken. I'm like, you can't eat. What are you doing? That's her. I just, I just know her. And when we go to Cheesecake Factory, she gets like the pasta romano. And then she says, every time she gets a pasta, can I get extra sauce on the pasta? And then I'd also like an extra side of it on the side. And then I'd say to the waitress, hey, look at me, sweetheart. When she says extra sauce, she, she means it. Okay, let me write that down. And then they come out, and I'm like, that's not enough. <laughs> Literally. And we just went like last week, and I, I, I'm looking. I'm like, that's not enough. You don't know her like I know her. And if she's in the mood for uh, iced tea, it's going to be 17 refills of iced tea or 32 refills of Diet Coke. That's just how she rolls. So I know her in ways that you don't know her. I know my kids in ways that you don't know them. And, and Moses said, I want to I know God. Again, you can know facts about God and not really know him. I want to know him deeply and intimately. I had a hard time in high school, like, really hard time. I just, I'm, I, I don't have that brain that, like, people come up to me, Pastor, you, oh, remember when you spoke last week? And I'm like, oh, no, no, no. I didn't remember what I said yesterday, let alone what I said last week or a month. I, I just have a hard time at reminding, like, remembering stuff. And in high school, I really struggled. And so, everything for me when I'm studying for a test was an acronym. So I remember sitting at Moorpark College, I took biology, you know that periodic table of elements that's from Satan, yeah, you had to like, right, I couldn't remember any of the like I could, but I, I would just come up with phrases, like acronyms, like I remember, like right now I can still remember how I memorized some of it, I just remember honk, Steve remember honk, but not with the K with the C. honk, honk, hydrogen, oxygen, carb. you know, nitrogen, carbon, honk, so I get up to the test, honk, and then when the test was I I couldn't remember anything. You know, you can know, right? In Bible college, how many many struggle with pastors and say, hey, turn to the book of Zephaniah. You're like, is that before Hosea? Because all those 12 books are. So I was in Bible college. I got to figure out how how could I memorize these? So you want to know how I memorized them? You ready? I created a song. You want to hear it? No, no. I'm not getting enough response. Do you want to hear it? Put your phones away. Do not record this. Ready? Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Habakkuk, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi. Won't you sing along with me? That's how I remember. So when I took Minor Prophets, and you had to write the books of the Bible, those books, and I just, I don't know, but then I I would sing the song, and I'd get it. Right when the test was over, forget it. That's what we do, right? And we get, we get all, all this information about God, and then we forget it. And God doesn't want our relationship with him to be some test or some exam. We want to know him on a deeper level. Can I get a witness in the house? It's got to be a priority. It's just an illustration. It's only an illustration. Let's just imagine right now that you're single. Some of you just got set free. Some of you said, I am. Come on, I think my son had some people do this the other night. If you're single, raise your hand. Just come on, keep your hand up. Nothing, nothing. Just raise your hand. Keep it up. Keep it up, please. Now, I want all the guys to live. there are some amazing, incredible, godly females in our church. Take a little photo right now and say, hey, I'll meet you at the cafe later. Just, he'll put your hand down. But um, so just imagine you're single, it's an illustrate, only an illustration, okay? So you're a female, and somebody in the church says, hey, I got the perfect guy for you, and I want to set you up on a blind date. Never, I've never been on one. Uh, that would scare me. But just say, you're a female. Somebody in the, Pastor Phillips says, there's this guy, and you got to meet with him. I'm setting up on blind dates. So you get all ready and stuff, and all of a sudden you're ready, and you open the door, and you're like, ugliest guy. Again, it's an illustration. He's like the ugliest thing you've, you're just like, but you can't do that because you're looking at it, right? It's like, he's just like, why would he, why would Pastor Philip do that? He's ugly. And then you're like, well, maybe he's like really nice. So I could probably put up with his face a little bit if I know that, right? (laughs) And then you fight, like, you get in the car and he's just like cold, socially awkward, just weird. And you're like, what? And then you're like, well, okay, strike two, but. Maybe the guy's on fire for Jesus, and you're driving his stuff, and you're like, oh, kind of ugly, and conversation isn't going. You guys aren't saying anything, but I know he loves Jesus, and then you bring up a conversation, and he's like, no, nope, I'm an agnostic. Let me just ask you, how is that date going to go? And let me ask you if, you, if you got to, like, steer where the date was going to go, I'm thinking like if that's, if, I'm, if it's a gal and that's the situation, I'm like, I'm going to like Barstow, like somewhere far away where nobody knows who I am. And I'm going into a very dark theater so that nobody sees us together. And you know, I mean, that, that date is going to seem like it lasted like 8,000 years. Scenario number one. Scenario number two, just the opposite. Pastor Steve <laughs> sets you up on a date. Because we're praying for Pastor Phillip's judgment, but Pastor Steve sets you up. (laughs) And um you open the door and you're like. So if you're a girl, you're like, dude, you don't say dude, you say um. (laughs) (laughs) And you probably don't say anything, you're just thinking, you're like, he is gorgeous. He's hot. Or the young people say, he's a snack. So then you're like, you're like, "Um," but he's probably like cold and boring and no, man, he's just like charismatic and nice and friendly and you're like, this guy is amazing. But you're probably like, he's probably dumb. (laughs) So where'd you go to school? Oh, I just graduated Stanford. Um, I'll be going to the law school there and you will I can't even spell Stanford. You're like, well, probably not a Christian, though. So what do you believe about the Lord? Oh, actually, I don't know if you know. that. You probably go to the first service, but I, I've been going to New Life for like six years, and I went to the conference. and So after, after grad school, I think I'm going to start an orphanage in Kenya. And... <laughs> <laughs> this guy. I mean, that, that date's going to be like, where are you going on that date? You're like, hey, can you pick me up Sunday morning? We're going to go to both services. We're going to go... You're going to get there really early, and you're like, hey, 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 check him out, check her out, and then the service is over, and you're like, introduce. hey, check it out, just, just and then you're like, I think I'm staying for the second service, too, in fact, I'm going to be in the lobby in between the services. I want everybody to get to know who I'm, right, I mean, you're going to do that, and then you're going to probably go to the collection for lunch, and I ain't sitting inside at Cheesecake, I'm sitting outside, I want to see as many people that can see us, because this guy is a snack, Huh? And then you go walk on the beach purposely. You're just like, let's just take our time, walk on the beach, go on the pier. We're just like hanging out. All, I mean, that date, it seems like it's going to go boom in like a second. There's a lot of people in church who are just like, come in 15 minutes late. Don't bring their Bible. Don't engage in the message. Don't really sing. When does this thing get out anyhow? It's taking forever. How long is he gonna pray? It's got another song? Oh my gosh, I gotta the Olympics are on the closing ceremonies. I got the Raiders are playing today. I gotta get out of here. And other people are just like, no, what what time is it? Nine? I'm getting there at 8.30. I got to get ready and get my coffee before the service starts. I'm going to get in here. I'm going to sit as close as I can. Right when the door is open, boom, I'm coming to the front. I'm going to be up there. Listen, I'm not waiting for the worship team to lead me in worship. No, I've already worshiped before I got here. I'm amening. I'm preaching. I'm standing up. I'm saying amen. I'm involved in the message. When Landon comes out here, I'm not like tithing. That's so st- no, no, no. How can I give? Let me pull the app down right now. I'm going to give right now. How many know, There's two kinds of Christians in churches. And most like, no, I want to know you, not just know about you. I want to know you and your presence. I want to say this as a pastor of our church, the priority of our church will always be the presence of God. And we've had people that have left our church and have criticized me and our church. And they say, well, you guys are just about like hype and entertainment how could you sit in our services and come to that conclusion were you here the other night a thursday night or friday night friday night rich sp- spoken after the service he was here for 45 minutes and we just had this the altars were flooded with people crying pressing into the and that that's only happened at the it happens at several sundays first things first I love first things first because we don't let anybody in until like five minutes before seven. Then we open the door. I always stand right here, open the door. People are like running down. Get out of my way. (laughs) Trying to get a seat. All you guys are just about hype and entertainment. What are you talking? Like all this stuff, we don't worship this stuff. It's just, we are like, people get ticked like LED screen. haze coming. I'm just not really. But we, we, I argued about that when I was a youth pastor because we had an organ on the platform and we had a big meeting with all the elders. Like, because we talked about getting rid of the, organ and bring in like a drums and they're like drum set church no way we can't have a drum set we argued about stupid stuff 30 we don't worship any of this stuff this just enhances the worship experience but the priority of our church will always be the presence of God hey do you know do you know this about do you know this about the conference I I'll bet you I had 15 people come up to me and say something like this you know what I heard, I've heard Rich many times, but dude, I've never heard him preach like that. I've heard, Jay, I, I've heard, I listened to Jabin's message at Elevation. It was good, but it wasn't like it was yesterday. And I've heard Linda Harper many times, and she, she's good, but not like she was Thursday night. Well, what you don't know is that we had, our staff was praying our, we, we took a whole day on Wednesday to fast and seek God. We had intercessors here before every single service, praying through the congregation, laying hands on every single chair. So it really wasn't that Rich was awesome or Linda was awesome or Lisa or Jabin. They're all Yeah, 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 yeah. But as we, we sought the presence of God. We sought, and it was a priority to us. And when we made that the foundation, God showed up. It has to be, keyword, it has to be a priority. Someone say priority. But you know what? There's a lot of Christians that... You ever been in your car? You're driving on the freeway. You hear the tire go out. Pull over. What do you do? Get out of your car. Trunk goes up and you pull out your spare tire. I would call A because I don't know if I know how to change a tire. But back in the day, get the spare tire. I get on the side road, spare tire. Shh, get back, and then Pat, you're on, on your way again, right? That's how a lot of Christians treat Jesus. Does it? Cru- Everything's. I don't need to go to church. I don't need to call. I don't need to pray. I don't need to give. And just cruise along. And then boom, something happens. A crisis. <gasps> I better pull off. Then I pull Jesus out of the trunk and put him. Put them back in my life for a little bit. I'll go to church a couple Sundays. I'll start giving. God, if you get me out of this, I promise you. How many of you ever prayed? I prayed that prayer. Like, seriously, God. No, seriously. If you get me out of this, I'll never miss another Sunday. And then things start getting better a little bit, right? And then we put them back in the trunk and we live our lives. And I got to tell you, God is not like a spare tire. He is the car. He is the vehicle. And he always needs to be the priority in our church. Amen. Number two, write the second thing down. The second thing is the cost of his presence. The cost. Verse 19 says, and the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I'll have mercy and I'll have compassion on those that I want. Verse 20, he said, but you can't see my face for no one may see me and, and what? Live. I'm really bummed the Olympics are wrapping up tonight because I've been recording all of it. And then when I get home at night, I'm, it's cool just to fast forward all the rhythmic gymnastics and stuff. Uh, get to the stuff that I want to watch. But I was watching um, track and field and just to, man, I can't even imagine winning a gold medal. And then standing up there and then hear the national anthem with the flag behind you. I'm not even there, but I'm just like, I'm, pray for me. I'm getting really emotional in my old age. But I'm just like, that would be awesome. Can you imagine being the best in the world? And I started thinking, about, I, I want a gold medal. And then those outfits they give them, those, and traveling and the fan, I I want that. (laughs) Anybody else want that? But I don't want the cost. I don't want to get up at four o'clock and swim in a pool for like 18 days in a row. Like, I don't want to get lift weights and get in shape and move away from my family at 13 and live at some gymnastics academy. So I I want the results, I want the gold medal, but I don't want the cost of it. I want to be fit, I want to be strong, I want to be buff, I want to be swole, but I don't want to work out. I want a great marriage, but I don't want to invest anything into the marriage. I want a great prayer life, but I don't want to pray. I want to know the word of God, I want to preach, I want to lead worship, but I don't want to practice. I want to play keys or play the guitar, but I don't want to work on my scales. I just want the result, the benefit of it, but I don't want to cost me anything. You know, David said that I will not offer anything to the Lord that doesn't cost me something. I'll tell you, if you want to press into the presence of God, it's going to cost you something. Think about the conference. It cost you. You were here Thursday night, Friday night, all day. I didn't get home until like 4.30 or 5 o'clock yesterday, and back here we are again today. It cost you time. Some of you had to pay $75. cost you money. Pastor Philip and Keenan both lost their voice. We had people, fly, they flew in from Albuquerque, New Mexico to be here. It cost money. We had other people flew in from other countries, Palmdale, Bakersfield. <laughs> that was funny. That was funny. It cost. Not, not just Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Our team's been working for three months on the conference. It costs to come to church. I was so tempted today. I, I, I was telling the I was driving home, I'm like, I am not preaching tomorrow. I preached yesterday, and I'm hosting all these. Uh, the hosting, that, that's harder than preaching. Got to make sure, hey, Rich, you okay? That's exhausting. And I'm driving home, and I'm like, I'm calling Philip. Because I told him a couple weeks ago, I said, you better have one sermon ready, because if I ever get to the place where I don't want to, and so I'm, I'm like, I'm calling him. I get home, and my friend texts me. He says, thank you for the conference. It was awesome. It was powerful. I said, thank you. One mistake I made is that I, I should have had a guest speaker today. But I, I'm glad I'm here, by the way. But that's the way I was feeling yesterday. And he said, you should have that Philip guy preach. He's anointed. And I'm like, I just thought about that. So I get in the shower. I'm like, I'm calling him when I get out. I'm, I'm, calling, I'm calling that sucker. He's preaching. And then I thought, oh, I remember talking to him. He lost his voice completely. He can't preach tomorrow. I'm like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm in. But I thought about it. So I was tired. I was tired of all this. But here I am today. And I'm glad that I'm preaching. the. But it, it cost us something. It's an inconvenience. So, let me, let me say, when I, when I was in Bible college, um, when, I first met, when I first met Tammy, I, I'm, trying, I'm trying not to be mean, but when I went to Bible college, like, there were honestly, there was only like 300 people, there was only like three cute girls in the whole school. I'm just being honest, from my perspective, and she was one of them. And I remember the first time I saw her, I was just like, seriously, she's like a Christian Baywatch girl. I'm like, she's like. Even today, at her age, the age of, yeah, she's still beautiful. That's how old she is. <laughs> so, um, but I remember seeing her, I was just like, she's beautiful. And so I started to pursue her. Let me talk to all the, where's the young guys at? Where are you guys at? Raise your hand. I want to talk to you for a second. I want to talk to you. I want to talk to you. I want to talk. You have to actually pursue a girl. Back in the day, you pursued them. You don't text them. Do do not text the girl. Man up and pursue her. You say, well, I'm not really a texter anyhow. How do you roll? Well, I just kind of slide into her DM. (laughs) No, you don't. And where's the ladies at? I want to talk to you. You do not pursue a guy. No. You don't send a text. You don't slide into his DMs. Let him pursue you. He's not pursuing me. Well, then he ain't the guy. So I saw her about. I'm just like, oh, she's mine. And I started pursuing her and stuff. And see, you send a text. You don't get like cool stuff back in the day. Remember you read a little love note? She would put perfume on it. I'm like, ooh. And little hearts and stuff with little arrows through it. And I'm just thinking about you. I'm like, yeah. That's what you get in a letter, man. Old school. So we started, you know, he started to hook up a little. He's like, yeah, she's it. I think she's it. And, and I was going to be away at a basketball tournament for the weekend, and I'm like, i got to let her know that I love her. So I went to Conroy's Florist, downtown L.A. And I'm like, here, she's going to miss me for a couple of days, so I'm going I'm to drop a dozen roses on her. So I walk into Conroy's, and I throw 10 bucks down. I said, dozen roses. <laughs> she's like, for 10 bucks? She said, it's more than that. I said, all right, here's another five. She said to me, she said to me, it's $39.99. Now remember, I'm at Bible College. Let's survey all the Bible College students across the United States. They got no money. So when she said $39.99, you could have said $18 million. I'm like, $39? dollars $40. Bucks, I'm like, do you guys have like layaway? Um, can I make payments or something? Like, I don't even know what I have. She said, no, they're $40. Bucks. So. Um, I'll never forget what this lady said. Now, that's like 30 years later. She said to me, well, you need to decide if she's worth it. And I said, have a good day. God bless you. I'm, no, 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 I, I didn't say it. I didn't say it. So I can't, I mean, it was like all the cash that I had, 40 bucks. Why? Because I love her. It costs me something. It costs you something to follow Jesus, your reputation, being... The Bible thumper, a weirdo, you know, here you go. You, weren't you at church on Thursday night? You're back in, what, What's your deal, man? You're like a little, you're a little too radical. You're crazy. You're, it's going to cost you something. Cost you some friends. When I got saved, all my friends, gone. I mean, I still loved them and was nice to honor them, but I, couldn't, I can't hang out with you anymore. I was pretty much by myself most nights. Reading my Bible, watching TV, and that was it. It cost me a lot of friends. It cost me partying. It cost me sleeping around. It cost me a whole lot of things. Cost to follow Jesus. But again, David said, I will not follow the Lord. I'll not offer to anything that doesn't cost him. And there's different levels, isn't there, of our commitment to Christ? Let me just ask, ladies, they asked me, hey, Pastor Dave, how come he's not, we've been dating for like five or six years and he just won't, he just won't commit. How come? By the way, dude, if you've been engaged for five years, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Buy a stinking ring or release her, let her go find a real guy. See, I'm talking right there like, yeah, I'm talking about him over there. That's a, um, Because, Pastor Steve, why isn't he committing? Because it costs something to get a ring. It costs something to get married. It's easy to take her to Del Taco, go through the drive-thru. God bless, have a good night. No, it costs to have a you know, marriage, true or false. The ring costs money. The marriage costs money. The house costs money. You can't hang out with your boys all the time now. You're married. That's why he won't commit, because it costs something. So, Number one, the priority of God's presence. Number two, it's going to cost something. It's going to cost something. It's going to cost something. Third thing I want you to write down is the benefit of the presence of God. The benefit of God's presence. Check out verse 14. The Lord replied, my presence will be with you and I'll give you rest. And Moses said, if your presence doesn't go here, don't set us up from here. How will anyone know that you are pleased with me and with your people unless you go with us? Remember I told you to say the word out loud earlier. What else will distinguish me? What distinguishes non-Christians from Christians? The presence of God. I want to let you know, look at me right into my eyeballs. God is with you. Right. Listen, right now he's with you. Notice I didn't say he's near you, by you, in the vicinity, down the block, around the corner. No, right now he's with you. He, the Holy Spirit, if you're a Christian, born again believer, the Holy Spirit lives in you. So he doesn't just show up at church on Sunday morning. He's with you through hell and high water, through thick and thin, through the obstacles and the storms of life. God is with you. He's with you right now. He's with you. I know you feel like you're alone. I'm telling you, God is with you right now. Rest in that. There's a benefit of that. It's the presence of Almighty God. In fact, let me just give you two quick things. Ready? So what what are the benefits? Number one, confidence. Confidence. See, See, at the conference... God spoke to a lot of people, and if you've ever struggled with a decision to make, or man, I don't know what to do about this relationship, I don't know if I should take that job, or should we move from Albuquerque out here, and should we start a church, and I oh, it's scary, it's big, I don't know what to do, and, and then you set a time, your time in the presence of God, and then he, speak, he gives you a word on Thursday night at conference, or Sunday morning, or in your devotions, or as you're worshiping, and he says, here's what I want you to do. Man, i got to have a difficult conversation with that person. I'm a little scared about it, but God gives you some direction and some compassion on how you're going to deliver it. You're going to say it with grace and truth, and it's scary, though. Maybe take a new job or move out of the state, and, man, this is scary. It's all on the line. What should I do? And then God gives you a word. So we were youth pastors for eight years at South Coast Fellowship in Ventura, and love, listen, and loving it. I love I love students, junior high, high school, young adults. I've told you I'm here every Wednesday night. I don't need to be here. I just want to be here. And my heart breaks for so many of our youth that have really bad parents or no parents or abusive parents. And I, if I, I told you the stories of the kids that come here on Wednesday. You would be blown away. Suicide, sexual abuse, bullying, cutting. It's It's crazy. I, I, we loved youth ministry eight years, but our pastor came to us in year seven and said, "Hey, you can stay here as long as you want, but it, I think you're ready. I think you're ready to start a church." And I'm like, "We well, got three kids; they're four, two, and three months old." And he goes, "I know you're ready. You can stay here, but you're ready." And so, me and my wife and another couple in our church, Andy and Jill, we used to pray at their house every, every Sunday night for a year. This is scary, man. I, I would just prefer to do youth ministry for a long time and get a paycheck. I mean, to, to, to leave it all? Thank you. Look what God did. Look what God did. So I appreciate that. So Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, where, where are we going to go? We had some offers to go different places. And in prayer, God gave me a vision. I don't know if I've ever had more than three or four visions in my life. And here's the vision I got. Sunday night prayer. I'm standing at the tallest tower of the two towers off a of Vineyard. And I just see me, me. I saw that waving cars from down the grade, waving cars from the west, waving cars from Santa Barbara, waving cars from Fillmore, all, all four directions. I just saw that sh- sh- standing on the tower, and God said, "I want you to be an auctioner. How I many? That's a big decision to make. But God spoke, and when God spoke, we had confidence. I said, I, right after the prayer, I said. God's calling us to start a church in Oxnard, and we did. I don't know if I would have done that if we didn't seek the presence of God, and I don't know if I would have been that confident. I wouldn't have been unless we spent time in the presence of God seeking His face, and so the first thing is that you and I get confidence. Someone say confidence. Years ago, a lot of people don't know this about me, but um, I used to surf a lot, like sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade. My friend owned a beach house in the shores. We lived in Westlake, and We'd go surfing a lot, and I remember we were surfing in Oxar one time. It was me and my buddies. We probably were—I don't know—eleventh grade or something. We paddle out. There's like four or five of us. Right before we paddle out on the beach, there's this big, huge guy. He is huge. Like I'm talking like six four, six five. He just had a bathing suit on, and I was just—I just wanted to touch him. Like I'm talking, to you. and he actually had a couple barbells, barbells on the sand. He's doing all this stuff, and he's got so he just like get like, dude, I would love to be that big. And So we paddle, we're kind of catching some waves, and then there's like a little lull, no waves are coming, so we're just like sitting there, and this little kid comes, in. he's probably 10 years old, he comes, pulls up his board, right, he's like, hey, how you doing? 10. Like, I'm like, good, how you doing? He's like, how's the surf? I'm like, pretty good. He's like, hey, do you like your board? Yeah. How about your wetsuit? Do you guys surf here? I'm like, this kid is so, con-. like 10 years old, talking to a bunch of high school kids. And I was like, he was by himself. I'm like, hey, how'd you get here? And he's like, oh, oh. He's like, that's my dad right over there. And he pointed at Goliath, the big guy. I was like, this kid is so com- Oh, that's why you're so confident. That's your dad right there. That's how we can be confident, because that's our, that's our dad right there. That's our dad right there. Not, not cocky, not arrogant, but I can be confident because that's my heavenly father. So I'm not intimidated by anyone or anything. I'm not scared, I'm not gonna walk in fear. That's my heavenly father. So I can have confidence. I gotta get out of here, I, I need to go eat. I wanna give you one more thing. Then there's intimacy, intimacy, confidence, intimacy. Intimacy with the Lord. See, it's not just found on Sunday morning. You could have it on Monday night, Tuesday when all hell breaks loose on Thursday. You can have the confidence of God, the intimacy of the Holy Spirit anywhere, anytime. How many of you were part of our church? So we were in a hotel for three and a half years. After that, we moved to C Street. Right now, it's Lowe's. Now, our building used to be Lowe's. A lot of people got saved in the garden section at Lowe's, I'm telling you. <laughs> but we used to be there, and then they were building that, and they're like, you're out of there. So we, we were in a—but uh, how many went to our church at C Street back then? Raise your hand. Keep your hand up. And they're still with us. You're still with us? Thank you. Um, so back then, our, our sanctuary only sat about 350, and, um, and my office was like, it was right next to the wall there. And uh, so we get a lot of complaints, like, your worship's too loud. And sometimes it is. I apologize for that. But um, this particular Sunday, like, my, the wall was actually shaking. So they're rehearsing. Because we had a guest worship team. They were called MOI, M-O-I. And uh, so then the service starts, and I walk out my office, probably they're in song one, and I, I walk all the way down the aisle, and this was my spot at C Street, first seat here. I was just, like, worshiping and stuff. And, but I couldn't even focus on the word. It was so I like loud music. But I was just, like, so loud. And the whole, I just got on it the whole time. I, would, I don't remember what we sang, but for four songs, I was just spiritually ticked off. I was like, too what is going on? Is this like a Led Zeppelin concert or what? And I'm like, how could you know? And I'm, I'm just like looking back like, at him. He wasn't getting, it seems like it got louder and louder. And I'm like, it's like a rock concert in here. And a couple people got, they left and stuff. And so four I'm just like, complain about it, complain. And I don't remember, I didn't worship at all. And I heard the Lord speak to me. Here's what he said. Not an audible voice. But he said, Steve, you're more concerned about the absence of noise than you are the presence of God. You're more concerned about the absence of noise than the presence of God. Let me ask you a question. Are you more more concerned about the absence of noise in your life, storms in your life, obstacles in your life, or the presence of God? What's most important? It's the presence of God. Not everything is going to be perfect in your life. You're going to have some challenges. Rich told us you're going to have highs and lows. That's being a Christian. And we can focus on all the problems, all the storms, all the obstacles, or we could focus on the presence of God. You say, well, how do you get into the presence of God? you got to be close to Him. It's like your remote control. If you have a remote control watching the television in your living room, but you take the remote control out to the garage or go pick up the mail, it doesn't work anymore. you got to get close to the unit. You get close to the unit, not just here on Sunday. You get close to the unit tomorrow morning, get up, read your Bible, on the way home, turn on some worship music. God will show up anywhere. His presence is not limited to a building. See, that, that's what happened in Exodus chapter 32, that there was, the Israelites met with him outside of the temple, but Moses met with them face to face. You know what? You can celebrate God in a crowd. You can come in here and bump into God. Woo, that was good. Woo! Kenan, son. Whoa, Tony. Wow, Genesis. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Good sermon. Woo, woo. You can celebrate God in a crowd, but you only get to know God one-on-one. And I want to say, the presence of God needs to be a priority in our life. Can someone give me a loud amen in the house? So, Moses goes up on the mountain, and the Bible says that he has a globe. But when he comes down the mountain, he lost the glow. Because that's what happens when you leave church, you get around people. First time I think I went to Magic Mountain, um, when our kids were young, we bought those little... You know those little necklaces that glow in the dark. So I brought them home and brought them to my kids, and they were had them around their neck and, and wearing them and playing with them. And then the next day, they woke up and they went to pull out the necklace, and it lost its glow. What happened? Because it's all green and lightened up the night before, and now they're dead. What happened, Dad? Well, you don't. You need to understand this. That when when I purchased it, it was sitting under a fluorescent light, collecting light. But the longer you keep it out, eventually you're going to lose your glow. That's why I got to come to church on Sunday morning, not because I'm the pastor, because I get around people, I lose my glow. They cut me off in traffic and make me angry. And they complain a lot. Complaining people make me angry. And I lose my glow. And I I can't wait just Sunday to Sunday. I got to get in the presence of God every day and I got to keep my glow. Anyone else? Go ahead and stand to your feet, would you? The worship team is going to come out, and we already sang this song, but I I don't know if you like this song. I don't really care right now. I like this song a lot. Tony's going to lead us. and we say, here, here it is. It's more than a song that we're going to sing. It's a prayer that we're going to pray. Ready? Here, here's the prayer. Look at, me. look at me. Look at me. I know you're looking at the worship team. They're way better looking than me, but just look at me for a second. Look, look. Here's our prayer. Holy Spirit, we want you to come down. Come. We want you to... We want you to rest on us. Rest on us. Right now, the Holy Spirit can do something in a second and a half more than I can do in a 45-minute message, more than songs that we can sing. Come on. We want the presence of God here to rest. Hey, I'm begging you. Listen, put away the distractions right now. Put the phone down. Who cares what you got to do? Nothing more important than the presence of God because he can heal. He can restore. He can deliver. He can set free. And a second, if you give them your time and attention right now, as the president, we're saying, Holy Spirit, come down. Visit us. Visit us, O Lord God. Visit us by the Spirit of God. That we would give them our attention. That we would give God our affection. How many are ready to sing? Come rest on us. Hey, I'm Steve Abraham, the pastor of New Life Oxnard. Thank you for watching our YouTube channel. You can join us live every Sunday for a new sermon and live worship. Also, be sure to take a minute to subscribe and turn on your post notifications so you don't miss any of our new videos or live streams, and please share with a friend. If you would like to partner with us in furthering the gospel, please click the link below. Don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for watching, and God bless you.